The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello, welcome to the Port Adelaide round 18 match against Melbourne. Uh, it'll I be played on Saturday afternoon at the MCG. Um, I am Portia, and joining me, as is often the case, is uh, Maka. Maka, how are you? Nervous. Very nervous. Really? Why yes. nervous? You should be super, super cool about everything. Well, I'm, I'm really torn about this podcast and, and who you're going to be barracking for this week. Well, actually, that's to do with an announcement I have to make, which is Ooh. that um, I didn't realise I, I, I didn't realise that um, it was going to cause a conflict. You know, it was so long ago. Um, but uh, apparently you can't actually host a Port Adelaide podcast and be a member of two clubs. And look, it's a huge oversight on my part. I didn't really think about that. So I'm going to actually have to resign as the head of the podcast for the, for the foreseeable future, Mac, I'm afraid. Terrible. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll dump Terrible. you in three, two, one. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about uh... those Australian Greens, eh? What a, what a joke. <laughs> that was That's terrible. It. Good stuff. Oh, dear. Well, look, look. I, I'm going to be barracking for Port because... Um, so you should be. When I, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> why, would I why would I barrack for the Ds? I, I've seen them play for, for years and years and years, and they're not that good. Hmm. And they're not that good now. And that's what we're going to talk about today, so it's going to be very fun. Um, first awesome. of all, let's go into the hot topic, I guess. Charlie Dixon. It's his 100th, isn't it? Yeah. Hundredth, yeah, that sounds a bit more. Hundredth, yeah, hundredth. correct. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, wrong thing in the big Charlie. Hundred games. Day people. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly good. Um, I don't know how many games that puts him from being at hundred games at uh, Port Adelaide, but probably about half of them, wouldn't it be? Oh, close to it, just about. Mm. Oh, he's probably mm. played what thirty-five or so with us. So. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, this is something uh, when I was listening into the Fortress podcast yesterday that I started rolling up the guys about. Um, and I want to roll you up about it too, Macca, because why not? Um, Fine. Basically, we've got to win the premiership tonight. We've got to win the premiership this year, right? Like, that's got to happen. Whoa. Um, we've got zero injuries. <clears throat> we've got zero injuries. A list of senior players Correct. traded in in recent years, and they're in form. Dixon Correct. and Ryder. We've got the 2017 Rising Star in Sam Powell Pepper. Probably. It hasn't even been a wet winter. Correct. Um, we've got uh, the largest number of players have been career best years that we've had probably since our premiership year. Probably. Close to. Yep. Um, if we don't, like, you know, we have to win the premiership, right? I would hope so. Yes. Yes. I'm all like about this, positivity. Look, honestly, I reckon no, it comes down to this yeah. game. And I'm going to make a big call and say, if we win this game this weekend, we will win the flag. Yeah. Wow. That is a big call. That's a, that's a Rick size call. It. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Rick's pretty big, so yeah. Uh, I'm happy to go with the Rick size call. I reckon, I don't know, I just think if we beat Melbourne, uh, they're in pretty good form right now. Um, they've yeah. got uh, pretty much a full strength squad out there this week. Um, so we're playing on their home ground. If we win this game, with all those factors, uh, I reckon we'll, we'll go the whole way this year. Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, we get a weird run give us that like we did in... Big confidence boost that we need um, coming into finals, knowing that we can actually beat decent teams and uh, and we yep. won't look back. Um, 
And I guess then that goes into my follow-up question, which is a bit less uncontroversially wonderful, which is that if we don't win the Premiership this year, when do we? Um, we're losing Burgess at the end of the year or the end of next preseason, I guess. Look, I've um, locked last in... Time uh... happened, we, we didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because we hired a fat, um, fat bloke as our uh, <laughs> fitness bloke. <laughs> Um, I can't even can't remember his name. Remember his name. Photo. <laughs> Daniel Flabberfield or something um, like that. I don't know. I don't know what his name was, but yeah. he was uh, he was not a fitness coach in any uh, shape at all. Um, so yeah, I would not be. Uh, hopefully, if uh, well, when Burgess leaves, we'll be um, we'll be picking someone a bit more suited to the job. Well, hopefully. I mean, hopefully this academy thing we've been doing for however long means that we might actually have a good idea of who's available. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. Um, and then it comes Look, if we don't, if like we don't win this year, I've already locked in 2038 as our premiership year, so, uh, oh, you know, Jesus. only 21 years to go, boys and girls. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, you're, that's not good. But no, like, um, there's, no, there's no excuses for us losing anymore. Like, with, a full, with, with no injuries, when, you know, that's almost unheard of in the league and even for us um, mm. there's no excuse to lose now no yeah. that's true that's, that's true that's got, that's got if, to be if ever we're going to win it it's going to be this year uh, look, I honestly think it's we can good. I've said all year I think we can win it uh, except for the odd sort of week here or there but um, you know, we are looking quite good and I've got full faith that um, come finals we'll be able to get the job done mm, mm. well we're saying Gray in the form he's in why not that's right um <laughs> Alright, cool. Let's talk about the D's. This time I've actually got a reason to, so people can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, they're currently seventh on the ladder. They've lost two of the last three games they've played. Uh, the, prior to that, they had a four-game winning streak against Gold Coast, Collingwood and the Dogs, uh, but then also against West Coast at Subiaco, which looked very impressive at the time until we did it. Mm. Um, but that run really made their season. They were just sort of stringing a few wins together here and there before that, um, but they weren't doing that well. Uh, here's an interesting stat for you, Macca. They've only won three out of eight games they've played at the MCG this year, uh, okay. and that's Collingwood and Carlton twice, which yep. for their home ground, uh, that's not great. Um, no, probably not. They've lost to a Frio, Richmond, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, um, and Sydney, so they are certainly beatable at the MCG, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about most of those sides is they're all fit- Pretty accountable sides too, uh, and that's how yeah. they won. Uh, so that's what kind of gives us the playbook of how we beat them at the MCG, really. Yep. Um, yeah. Now, uh, last week they got beaten by the Crows in Darwin, which it's a Darwin game. I mean, there's it, it, got to be a point at which Melbourne decide to stop playing in the Northern Territory. You'd think, surely. Um, Forty-six point loss. Jeff Garlick kicked zero goals for, and he's their leading goal kicker this year. Um, mm. Clayton Oliver was probably, I reckon, he was probably best on ground myself. Um, Twenty-seven disposals, eight clearances, and a goal. Um, but altogether, they just nothing worked for them. Nothing worked for them at all, really. Yeah, I did. I saw a fair bit of that game, and look, I thought um, the Crows sort of just cruised along, pretty much. Um, Melbourne had a decent run in the, uh, I think, the third quarter, but outside of that, the Crows just sort of did what they pleased, really, and barely got out of second mm. gear. Um, obviously, Melbourne were playing a uh, undermanned side, but that should be no excuse for the performance that they put up because they were pretty terrible on the day. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I think they're kind of a, uh, a, what they call a glass cannon. 
um, in that they're extremely potent when they're on Fong, but um, it doesn't take too much to unsettle them and get them completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, and that's because we'll talk about how they're winning, and that's really all about contested possession for them. Um, they're second in the league, and we're third. Uh, and, yep. you know, I think we've got a pretty contested side this year. Um, and it's not hard to see when you look at their midfield, like it's ridiculous this year. Um, it is. They've <laughs> got um, they've got a bloody good midfield, <laughs> so finally. Many. And it's... Um, it's a contested midfield as well. Clayton Oliver is an absolute beast in there. He's he's uh, he clocked is. over a hundred tackles and a hundred clearances. I think he's the only player in the league to have done that so far. Um, mm. Jordan Lewis is in uh, has played really really good footy as well. Dom Tyson we know is a really good midfielder. Jack Vine has probably not had his best year, um, but he's still performing at a you know pretty decent standard as well. Then you've got guys like Nathan Jones and Bernie Vince who love the contest too. Then Christian Protracker are up forward. So uh, they're, they're a pretty big midfield group. They're certainly tough. They're strong. Uh, and they love to win the ball. Yeah. And look, I mean, even a guy like... We, we haven't even talked about like, Jack Melksham's playing for them as well. Like, that's... You know, he wasn't there last year, obviously, for a very obvious reason. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's second tier, well and truly. And yeah. uh, when they traded for him, it didn't look like it. So it's, uh, no. it's changed a lot in the last two years. It's it been has, quite huge. Yeah. But uh, here's the other thing. They also concede the second most contested position in the league. Uh, now, I think a lot of that's to do with Max Gorn not playing every game. Um, and that their ruck options, apart from Gorn, are really quite shitful. Uh, they concede the most hitouts against, and they get the second least hitouts themselves. I think that's got a lot to do with why they're conceding a lot of contested possession. Um, yep. I don't know. I, I think that they, when they got it and they can control it, they look really, really good. But I think that um, when it doesn't go their way, they, they, they don't do enough the other way, I don't feel. Yeah, look, that's you know, probably an area of their game that we can exploit this weekend. I'd say so. Um, and the other thing that they don't do is they don't do contested marks. Um, they're 17th in the league for contested marking. Yeah. Uh, they've got the third most contested marks conceded. Uh, we are at the opposite end of those ladders pretty much. Uh, we have the most contested marks and the 13th most, uh, 13th least conceded or most conceded. Um, you Which is think a bit of a surprise, isn't it? to tall forwards. It is a little bit, isn't it? Because they've uh, got Jesse Hogan up there. Look, he's only um, played six but, games, but he only averages one contested market game. Um, Jack Watts is the same. He averages less than one contested market mm-hmm. game. Um, and they, you know, most of their contested marks come from their defenders. So, um, well, that's I, it. I feel like that's also something that we can exploit uh, this week because um, because of our defensive structures. I don't. I feel like we don't uh, concede a lot of contested marks. Um, as it is, because we usually have more than one person going up at each contest, so um, that certainly plays into our hands a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the um, the stats for the year, like um, our fourth highest contested mark is Tom Clory, believe it or not, with 15, yeah. um, which puts him, if he was playing at Melbourne, he'd be their second best. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that's, 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 I think that kind of, like, you know, we've all been saying Tom Clory's had a really good year, and you just look at that and you think, wow, you know, that's a forwards stat usually. Um or an unaccountable backman sort of stuff, but he's been doing it on direct opponent all year. Yeah. Oh, he's been doing really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, if we've decided that we're going to try and win through contested marking and through punishing them when they don't, uh, when, when we do win the contested possession, uh, or even the uncontested possession, um, have we named a team for it, Macca? Oh, possibly. Possibly. I don't know. It's a hard one to answer at this point. I feel like we have. But, um, I don't know, maybe we could have done with another toll, but we haven't had that extra toll up forward all year, so 
and we're still doing pretty well. So I'm happy to go in with the team that we got, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I'm just grateful that we replaced um, a defender with a defender for a change. Um, that, that was good. Like, I was sort of wondering, uh, which, which forward or midfield are we going to drop this time? But no, no. Um, so what's happened is we've dropped Jasper Pittard and brought back Matthew Broadbent. Um, so what does this mean for Jasper? I well, I think he's already been talked about as going, yeah? Um, his his yeah. indifference this season has really reminded me a lot of Sean Burgoyne when he left. Uh, he played some truly putrid games um, where he just, it wasn't even that he was bad, but that he just wasn't putting in as much as he should. And it feels like a lot of the time that's been pit on season. Yeah. Um, so that for me, that for me, that's a signal that he's want, that he's already talking to other clubs um, personally. Okay. I don't know. I think I, I'd be surprised if not. I feel like Pittard's probably going to stay, but I think it's good. Like He certainly hasn't had his best year. He's probably had his worst year since, I don't know, probably 2013, really. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, f- I feel like it's a good thing that we're not... Like, he, he doesn't have the gold pass um, and that we are sort of dropping him because of his form because uh, we haven't done that a lot uh, in recent years. But I feel like it's a good thing and I think Brody coming back in just gives up gives us that little bit extra than what Pittard has been, uh, especially in recent weeks. But against this opponent, Macca, because, I mean, they've... I look, they're, they're goal kicking. We'll get to it, I suppose, in more yeah. detail. But there a lot yeah, of goal kickings coming from midfield. It's not from forwards. As we've said, is, how is many gonna... halfback flankers can we possibly have in the side? So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, if we feel like Broadbent is kinda... a is a first eighteen player, then one of those guys has to leave, and that's either Hartlett, Houston, DBJ, or Pittard. And Pittard's probably in the worst form of uh, of that group. Oh yeah. I, I should clarify, I'm not actually disagreeing with you, Maka. I'm saying that, you know, should we even have been bringing in a defender for a defender or just dropping a defender oh. and bringing in a midfielder or, or forward, um, yeah, given maybe. who we're playing against? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like our midfield is reasonably uh, well-placed going into this game. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. It'll be interesting to see how Joe Atley copes, I think, um, with the sheer volume of contested ball and is in the opposition side. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like sometimes he's been a bit of a, certainly junior level when you watched him play, like he was not necessarily the first guy in there. But if he doesn't play as the first guy in there, he's not going to get the ball. Uh, mm. It'd be really interesting, really interesting to see, I think. I think he's um, going to lap and it he's up. An interesting... This is the game where he's so. going to make a name for himself, I feel. Well, look, I mean, we saw it a few times in the, uh, since he's been playing, but uh, and unfortunately a couple of times someone else has done something that's got the ball taken away. But that when he... He takes that moment to spot up a handball. Like, he's actually really good. Like, he's really perceptive and can set up a, a winning play. Um, so I think that when we're talking about Melbourne, like, for me, I still feel like their quality of disposal still is lacking. Um, and, you know, it, it's easy to say that when they're a contested possession side because that usually is the case with the contested possession side. But I'm still not impressed by their system. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he could get away. But um, just moving along, emergencies. There's an odd one here, which I just want to quickly discuss. Um so the emergencies for us are named as Aaron Young, Carl Amon and Jasper Pittard. If Amon is fit enough to name as an emergency, why wouldn't he be an in-macker? I feel like, well, who do you take out of the site except for Impey? I mean, he's probably the only one, but I feel like they think that um, on those sort of wide wings of the MCG that Impey's going to have a bit of a day out, um, as, he, as he has done at the MCG quite a few times. Um, last time he played there, he was one of our best players. Um, 
and he's had, had quite a few really good games here in the past as well. So I feel like they've gone for the extra pace as opposed to the smooth kicking of Carl Amon this week. Mm, I don't know. I, for me, I, I feel like the or Carl Amon it means is, that maybe yeah. we might make a late change and Amon might be the uh, the player that sort of uh, flies over and is that late play, I'm, uh, late, late changing. I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that second one, Macca, because the first one, like I think that Carl Amon's um, ability to hit up a target is hugely valuable um, mm. against a defence that, you know, is not really amazing by any measure. So, um, yeah, all right. Well, look, um, I guess we can move along to talking about the Ds again. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Um, Happy so, days. Look, they've made a few They've made a few changes. Um, they've made like, they five just? changes. Yeah, um, one of them forced. Bernie Vince is out with suspension, obviously. Uh, and they've also dropped Joel Smith, Dean Kent, Josh Wagner and Cameron Pedersen. Um, but the ends are pretty significant. Uh, Dom Tyson's back, Jack Viney's back, which means that they've now got all of their top contested ball winners. Uh, Jack Watts is in, Christian Salem is in, and surprise, surprise, Jack Trengove is in for his first game in, what, since 2015 or something like that, 2014. Well, wow. so they so they brought no, their so they brought in their B <laughs> yeah. team to face Port Adelaide. Um, I, I highly doubt any of those players are going to have any significant impact on the result. To be honest, no, of course well, I'm I joking. I, I am joking. Trengo, um, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't ask for a bigger bunch of inch ins, could you? Really? I mean, Tyson's a gun. Watts is a gun. Viney's mm. a gun. Salem's a gun. And Jack Trengove, well, he was a bit of a gun until his injury, but. Um, he hasn't played this year, I don't think. And uh, at the very least, it's going to add some confusion to the commentary as well, which is uh, always a wonderful thing. Yeah, especially if they play on each other, which given the way Jackson Trengo has been played lately, <laughs> they might. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they will. Do you feel like... Oh, this, this was one, I'm going to go early with one of our questions from uh, Big Footy here because I think uh, okay. it needs to be sort of said. Um, which was, uh, no, can't find it, but it was, um, do you feel like Melbourne rested some players last week because they knew they were coming up against Port Adelaide this week? Uh, look, I mean, they might. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you kind of feel like the Demons have written off their Darwin games, you know, like that yeah. they just say, yeah, okay, we've sort of sold a win there. Um and it wouldn't surprise me if you rest. Like, if you're going to rest players, yeah, you rest them for a game where it's going to be kind of grueling and against the top team. And, uh, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you? you mm. I mean, a game you expect to lose anyway. Yeah, why wouldn't you just rest them? It's a big bunch of ins. Like, they're going to miss mm. Bernie Vince, and he would have been really handy for them out there this weekend. But um, he just keeps getting himself suspended. Uh, Dean Kent's turned into yeah. a pretty decent player as well, but... Outside of that, they've really added something with each of those ins, I feel. Uh, and they'll, they'll get a big sort of um, confidence boost from Jack Trengo being out there as well, to be honest. It really depends um, how he does. Um, just on Jack Trengo, uh, I'm just wondering, are they going to try and tumpus us again? Are they going to try and say, hey, here's Jack Trengo, he's fit, he played against <laughs> you, remember? Um, <laughs> is, that, is that what this is for, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Here's our pick eight for the trouble. No, um, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Because um, yeah. I feel like uh, Tumpus was in a better place physically than what Trengove has mm, been. Mm. You know, I just don't see Jack Trengove being the player that uh, he ever sort of uh, looked like becoming. 
um, in before he uh, is best on ground this week, I've got to say, now that I've put the moz on. Yeah. I mean, I guess the kind of the difference between Trangove and Tompas, though, is that before we traded for Tompas, he hadn't really shown anything at AFL level, and at least Trangove's done that a bit. Um, mm. Not that I'm saying get him, but I'm just saying I can understand why it might have been brought up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, he might want to come home and uh, try his luck somewhere else as well, but uh, I, I don't think we need yeah, him. No, really? I don't think he's the sort of player no. that we need at the moment, um, and he's just going to be running around at the Magpies. Yeah, until he gets best on ground this week. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going section by section, and we talk about the matchups. Uh, Rux, Paddy Ryder versus Max Gorn. Ooh, should be a, that's a big one, isn't <laughs> it? That's a big that one. Is a, that is a big one. That is a massive matchup, and it's one that I'm really not sure where it's going to go. Max Gorn has obviously been injured quite a bit this year, um, mm, mm. And, he, and he probably hasn't played his best footy either. Um, certainly nowhere near no. the level that he played last year where he got 16 Brownlow votes and was uh, clearly the best ruckman in the game. Um, but you never know. You never know. This might be the sort of game where Max Gorn sort of stands up and says, right, I'm coming up against pretty much the best ruckman in the league at the moment. Uh, time to, for me to uh, reassert myself as the number one ruckman. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I have found that when... He has been playing like he's just hasn't been with it as much as he was last year. Like mm-hmm. even ignoring the ruck work, like even just his decision making with the ball has been questionable. I feel a lot of the time, and certainly more than last year. Last year he was really, really good. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you still got to lean yeah. towards. We've been saying it every matchup, but you still got to lean towards Ryder winning this one pretty comprehensively. Not just in hit us, but also probably around the ground in this case. I'd say. I would hope um, so. I mean, this is the sort of game where I feel like Max Gorn could have a a bit of a day out and take, you know, eight marks and kick a couple of goals. It feels like that sort of game. Um, but look, on, on face value, I would hope that Paddy does the job. Um, he's in just brilliant form right now. He's been pretty much our best player close to every game for the last sort of 10 weeks or so. Um, I, I would hope that his form continues. Um, and again, he's got that sort of big leap. Gorn isn't a huge leaper. He's just a big guy. Um which works for him really, really well. But I feel like Paddy should be able to jump over the top and get some pretty clear taps uh, more often than not this week. Well, look, um, you've already made the big call about um, uh, winning the Premiership this year. Um, if we win this game, we win the Premiership. My question is, if Paddy Ryder wins this matchup, is he the All-Australian Ruckman? If Paddy Ryder wins this, max, wins this uh, matchup, we win the Premiership, and he is the All-Australian Ruckman, for sure. There you go. Whoa, full of big calls tonight. Mate. Right, Macca, what's going big on? Big call, Macca. You might even give us a win. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let's not go too far here. Let's not say something we can't uh, take back. Okay, okay, okay. Um, look, I guess we'll get into sort of the meat of the meal. Uh, we're talking about the midfield. Uh, mm. So we did mention, look, we just did the midfield is absolutely ridiculous right now. Um, Clayton Oliver, you already had a chat about, he's actually... What a player. <clears throat> maybe having a better year than Ollie Wines, which is disturbing. Oh, would probably... Yeah. He'd be right up there. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, it, it's a really good matchup. I feel like Ollie, <laughs> because of his um, uh, superior goal scoring, is probably a little bit ahead. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been a bit more valuable um, in front of the sticks. 
Uh, Oliver's only kicked three goals. I think Ollie's on, what, 11 or 12, I think. So I think that might sway things just the tiniest bit in Ollie's favour. But Clayton Oliver is a wonderful player. He's had a wonderful year. Uh, he's cocky. He's arrogant. He wins the ball. He's hard as nails. He uses it pretty well. Um, and, and you pretty much know what you're going to get with him, which is great. And I know, like, he's just an extraordinary footballer. Like, I remember us on the draft podcast a couple of years ago when uh, uh, when all the rumours started about him going so early because he didn't even play in the championships. Um, and he just sort of burst through that no. second half of the year in the TAC Cup and won the uh, Morris medal, I think. Um, and we were like, oh, is this going to be the right sort of move for Melbourne or not? Like, is he going to make it? Or is this going to be a big bust? But it's proven to be a, a, a huge uh, leg up for Melbourne at the moment. Um, and he's probably certainly the best young inside midfielder in the game, I would think, at this point in time. Yeah. No, it's hard to dispute, really. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair, I'd say. Um, and as we already said, Dom Tyson and Jack Viney coming in means that Melbourne have got their top mm. seventh clearance winners. Uh, Vince going out. He's only their eighth, believe Yay. it or not. Um, mm. Which... That's including Petraka, who we'll get to shortly. Um, look, I mean, ultimately, uh, if Melbourne don't win in midfield, like they lose. That, that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. if, if they don't win the bulk of possession, particularly the contested possession, they're absolutely unequivocally going to lose, and that's, you can yeah. put money on that. Um, so if, the, there's, if there's a, if there's a, a yeah, go maker. So the question is, like, they've got Viney out there, they've got Oliver out there, they've got Tyson out there. They've got all their big gun inside midfielders, Lewis, you know, all these guys that win lots of clearances. Are we going to have to play Robbie more in the midfield this week? Are we going to see Travis Boak play more in the centre square this week as well? I think, yeah, he play Boak more there um, because I think he's better there anyway. Uh, but I think that what we really need to be aware of is just the importance of intercepting them when they're going forward. Um, so our defence is important. Uh, when I was talking about maybe, maybe we could drop a defender, it's only because we've got so many defenders. But I mean, it's going to be this could be an absolutely huge week for a guy like Houston, um, basically, or, or and Hartlett too. Let's be frank, um, because if the Melbourne delivery to the four line isn't great, like we should be able to counterattack in a way that I don't think that they'll really necessarily be able to match. Um, yeah. I don't feel I got the fastest midfield. That's what that's sort of the counterpart of being a good contested midfield uh, is that I don't think they're the fastest. So I think that if we've got pacey guys on the counterattack, and again, it's a reason why I kind of would have liked Damon in this week. Um, I kind of feel like, yeah, okay, we 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 can counterattack them there and uh, do all right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Mm. I just feel like we need to add a bit more midfield oomph this week. Boke's a great clearance winner. Robbie Gray, we know, is a wonderful clearance winner. Just about our most natural clearance winner um, in the whole squad. Um, but he's played, obviously, mostly out forward this year. I just feel like we need um, some of those players to go back into the midfield for this particular week uh, just to help out a bit more. I kind of feel like we don't. Um, and the reason why is I think that the way we beat Melbourne is by doing what a lot of teams have done to us in the past, which is just making mm-hmm. sure we've got a bunch of guys slightly defensive of the ball, uh, ready to contest when they actually start to going for start going forward, yeah. and try and leave a lot of space in our forward line because they won't win one on ones um, against our forwards. They won't. I don't. I don't reckon it's a matchup they should win you know, among our forwards in a one on one. You know, there's, they've only got one Jetta. 
Um, apart from that, they're all beatable. So I think yeah. that if you give a paddock for Robbie Gray and Charlie Dixon and maybe even Westhoff to run around in, uh, and you frustrate them when they're going forward, I think then that's our, I think that's our key to victory. So for me, that's okay. Robbie Gray's a forward this game, or Chad yep. Wingard, certainly one of them. Fair enough. Uh, there's an interesting comment by Andrew Tickle on the uh, Spreaky chat, which is, how different would the world be if they took wines instead of Tumpus? They wouldn't have needed Oliver. Can we now call wines the butterfly effect? Yeah, well, I mean, how different would our team look if they took wines instead of Tumpus? You know, we'd have, we'd have drafted Tumpus with a really good pick. Um, we wouldn't, I don't know, would we have suddenly cracked out enough to actually be able to draft Oliver? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you would feel like we... <laughs> I guess we would we have picked Tumpus or would have he gone to the dogs? Uh, look, I mean, the talk was that Tumpus was going to fall, uh, and it was only Melbourne taking it a bit early that really upset that. And it wasn't really an upset; it was a fantastic thing. Um, I think the Tumpus probably would have fallen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was never, I was never, I was never as much of a Tumpus fan in the draft year as, as a lot of people were. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Would we have gone... I mean, because, look, if Melbourne take wines at pick four, the dogs took Stringer and McRae, and look, maybe they would have um, still taken them anyway if, if they took wines instead, but um, who knows? Maybe we would have gone Sam Mays instead. Either way, we would have been considerably oh, worse God. off. Oh, <laughs> God. <coughs> There's absolutely no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt. Um, I've noticed that Andrew Tickles also said on Spreaker Chat, it's not a world I want to be part of, by the way. So why bring it up? <laughs> why bring it up? We're having a lovely podcast talking about how we're definitely going to win the premiership. Even Mac is on board and you're saying, what if we took, or what if they took wines instead of Tompas? You're just ruining the whole That's, feel of the night. The oh, feng shui Andrew of the Tickle, evening is doing? gone. It's gone. That's it. it uh, premiership is it, done. It. Absolutely wrong. Oh, God. Mm. It's all your fault. Um, so now, uh, I guess we can move on to the fours unless there's another midfield you want to talk about. No, that's it. No. All well, right, so actually, let's talk about actually, I will. I will. I feel like Maddie White and MP are going to be super, super important this week. If we can get the bo- if we can win yes. the bowl and get it out to those guys, um, I, I feel like White and MP could be the two sort of players that could well be sort of you know in the top three players on the ground this week. Yeah, look, uh, and Pollock will probably be the third. Um, again, this is the reason why I would like to see Amon in as well, just so we've got multiple avenues mm. um, for basically gaining yardage on the counter-attack. Uh, I don't, I, I think, I really don't think they've got many guys that can run with Impey in terms of pace. And nah. Uh, nah. maybe nah. even Matty White as well, even though White has lost a yard, even Matty White as well. Well, look, I mean... For White, the main issue is going to be getting it as opposed to being able to run with it. And also remembering to bounce. That's really important too. Mm. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Must yeah, look, I mean, there's no doubt that it, the outside class is certainly the area where we could win. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what we do. Uh, and moving on to forwards, I'll do it. I'll ease you in from midfield to forwards by talking, first of all, at Christian Petraka. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both asked... So I think a couple of podcasts ago, or it might have been even last week, um, which Melbourne Demons player would you take, or which ones would you take to make Port Adelaide better? And I think we both said Christian Petraka without hesitation. Yeah. Um, he is really their most potent attacking. Like he's playing, I guess he's a forward, but he's also really high up in their clearances as well. He's averaging 18 touches a goal a game. He's just a really good physical and classy presence in that side. 
Um, he's he's everything. He's everything, Maka. Is he the next Dylan Shield? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, quite possibly. Um, he should be everything because he was a pick two, and he probably should have gone pick one. Yeah. Um, hmm. But yeah, like he's a great player. Um, super strong, kicks goals, big in the contest. Um, and we still haven't seen like he's only running at probably fifty percent of what he can do. I reckon. Like, we're still yet to see the best of Christian Petraka at AFL level, um, which is a mm. scary thing. Absolutely. Um, and look, I'm just going to the, the key forwards. Um, Watts is back in. Jack Watts is back in for his 150th game. Uh, Jesse Hogan's playing. Um, you have to think they're both extremely beatable. You know, Hogan's got a very good reason for his mm. not, play, not not necessarily being having a great season, you know. This is the thing. They've been playing Tom McDonald up forward as well lately. So they're going to have the three yeah. good guys up there. And this is where we might struggle a little bit this week. Um, we've, we've got the three defenders in Jonas Cleary and Austin, but we are used to playing against only two. Like I, f- I feel like it's been pretty rare that we've played against three tall forwards this year. Um so it's going to be really interesting to see how we go. The last time I feel like we played against three tall forwards, we got absolutely hammered by Essendon when they had Stewart, Danaher, and uh, and Hooker up there. Um, so that is actually the concern for me this week, is uh, facing those three guys. Because Jack Watts is probably in career-best form um, since Hogan went down. Um, he, he's had a wonderful um, season so far. Tom McDonald's been a revelation up forward the last few weeks. So I think he kicked five against West Coast, kicked the winning goal, kicked four a couple of weeks ago as well. And Jesse Hogan back in the side again, um, which is fantastic news uh, for everybody at AFL level, I, I feel. Um, he's not had a great year, but um, again, he's just so dangerous and we know how good he can be. Um, and he can easily kick four or five goals this week. Yeah, look, I mean, just on Tom McDonald, like, he's he's clunky. He's, he's still clunky. Like, he's been performing, and that's because he's an excellent footballer just in general. But I, I kind of feel like he's a, a Jackson Trengovish key forward. Obviously a bit more scoreboard, uh, scoreboarding. Um, and as for the fact that, you know, last time we got beaten um, with three key forwards or, you know, generally high key forwards, I mean, the, the other difference then, the big difference between then and now is that we're playing Austin instead of Homsch, and you have to... So Austin's probably a better man-on-man defender than Homsch is. So, yeah. I don't know. Does that make the difference, Maka? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they're all pretty tall as well. Like Tom McDonald, I think, is, um, what, 195-ish. Uh, Jack Watts is about the same. And, oh, yeah. They're uh, all and Hogan is, uh, is about the same as well. So, uh, they're all pretty tall fellas. Um, what matchups do you think would suit? Who does Jonas go to out of these three? I would think McDonald. Oh, Jack Watts. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I would I'd think. More... I would think McDonald. I reckon he could bully Jack Watts off it a bit better. That's the only reason. Oh, he's, I feel he's got like the clear Cleary... strength on Watts. I feel like Cleary on Watts is probably the way to go for me. I reckon Cleary on Hogan. Mm. Really. Um, um, because I think that he's really good at playing that um, behind and taking the mark anyway, and I think that Hogan. Um, you know, he's got a lot of he's he's a, got a lot of actual talent and he's got a lot of capability, but he hasn't necessarily got a lot of the football smarts. Um, like he's good enough. He's not you know he's not terrible. He's not mm. Clive Woodhouse, but 
he I think he's exposable, and I think that um, Query would be a good matchup there. Yeah. Uh, and that gives you uh, Austin and McDonald, which isn't probably not ideal. Uh, McDonald obviously he's a, he's a fullback; he knows a lot of tricks. Um, mm. But I, I guess we'd say. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. As I said, I feel like um, Jonas probably on on McDonald. I would have Cleary on Watts and Austin on Hogan. Really? Mm-hmm. But I would also yeah. be happy for Austin to play on McDonald and almost have it as named, like Jonas playing against Hogan and, and Cleary on Watts as well. I don't know. Jonas has still been playing... Um, I don't know. I just don't think Jonas on Watts... I feel like Cleary should be the player that goes on Watts because he's a bit more uh, endurance-based than the other two. Yeah, that's fair. That's certainly fair. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Cleary's mainly gone on those sort of more athletic types this year, whilst Jonas has gone on a couple of the bigger boys. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll, 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 I'll... Look, I mean, I guess that, that what will realistically happen is that it'll rotate, so we'll see. We'll find out in the course of the match which is the best matchup, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Ryan Pillar um, has asked on the speaker chat why Austin on Hogan. I feel like he's got... Um, the physicality to go with him, I feel like he's got the pace to go with him. He's got the stretch and the reach to to be able to spoil him on the leads as well. So that's why I feel like Austin on Hogan, uh, for me, feels a better fit. Um, and look, the other player we should probably talk about is Jeff Garlett because he's had a great year. Um, yeah, and yeah. he kicks a lot of goals. He's kicked thirty two goals this year, so um, hasn't been stopped all that often. Um, so, look, he's super dangerous. Does Darcy Byrne-Jones get the job on him? Look, I mean, you'd have to think he'd probably be the first choice for that role. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, whoever plays on him, they just got to force him wide. That's really what it's about. Yeah. They've got to force him to bad positions um, because he's, you know, he's an all right kick, but he kicked zero goals four last week. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he can be exposed and... Uh, as long as we play a fairly tight defence and don't make it easy for him to get a you know a mark or not even a mark, just be able to run out straight in towards goal, um, we we should be able to limit his effectiveness to a fair extent. Um, you know he's their top goal kicker this year, uh, and that's because they've had such trouble keeping guys in the park. Uh, our forward is the tall uh, our forwards yeah. um, to the point that they're playing their fullback, you know, as, as a key forward. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they're pretty beatable. Really, um, it's Petraka really more than Jeff Garlow, obviously, that I think will probably be the more threatening for us because he's different to their other midfielding types, because he does have that bitter class uh, to his game. Yeah, and disposal more specifically. Yeah, look, the other reason why I want Austin on uh, Hogan as well, and uh, the reason is Dan Houston because I feel like he's going to be super important this week, um, sort of chopping off those. Mm those leads and taking those intercept marks. Hamish Hartlett as well, uh, for that matter too. I feel like if we can get Austin playing behind Hogan and having one of those two um, sort of chopping in front, that's going to be best. Because I feel like Cleary's going to be able to run with Watts wherever he goes on the field. And as I said, I feel like Jonas... Uh, he's, Jonas has certainly beaten guys of McDonald's build um, consistently this year. And I feel like this week should be no different. You see, that's the thing. Like what you just described there, you know, you want to have uh, Houston jumping in front. Uh, for me, that's why it makes Clurie the better matchup for Hogan because he's really good at winning from behind. Yeah, like for a backman to be able to win consistently mm. from behind, which he's been doing, 
you know, you've got um, Cleary, who's fourth in our contested marks for the year, um, behind the man, and then you've got Houston in front. Like in that situation, Hogan's got nothing. He's got nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a clear win there. Well, that's fair as well. I don't know. Mm. I just don't think Jonas will be uh, able to keep up yeah. with Watts. I don't think Jonas has got the endurance or the um, that sort yeah. of re- repeat running to be able to go with Jack Watts because we know that Jack Watts is going to well, do a Justin Westhoff and sort of you know go up to the wings to find the ball. And I feel like if we're going to have Jonas up on the wings um, chasing around Jack Watts, it's just going to be a real waste. Well, then play Austin on Watts and put um, Jonas on McDonald. Well, I don't think Austin's got the... I don't think Austin will be able to go with Watts either. I think he needs to learn how. Mm. <laughs> I think Maybe. I think that if... Look, for me, for me, Watts is a bit of like a Nick, Roll, Nick Rewell in that if you can get him so he's taken marks on the wing, you've already limited his effectiveness, yeah? Um, mm. So if, Aust- if Austin's beating Watts in the forward line, great. Uh, if he's maybe getting cut off a little bit on the wing or maybe just, you know, conceding some relatively easy possessions sometimes, I think that's a loss we can probably take um, if it's happening on the wing. Yeah. Okay. And then we should have two clear wins in the other positions. I'm keen to see what way they go on the day. Um, Absolutely. And I feel like these defensive matchups, it's going to be what sort of wins or loses us the game, I feel like. If we get them wrong, we're in huge trouble. If we get them right, um, I can't see us losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I guess we can move along to the Melbourne defence. Um, I don't think much of them. I really don't. They're behind an excellent it's... contested midfield. Um... Oh, look, it's, it's un... I feel like it's a little bit under... I don't rate Oscar McDonald at all. I've... Sam no, Frost will probably all. take... He's terrible. Yeah, Sam Frost will yeah. take Dixon because he's got the, the height and the, the strength to sort of go with him a bit. Um, McDonald will take Trangove and that's just... <laughs> hope... They will hope that McDonald sort of breaks even there somehow. Um, look, they've always got Tom McDonald that can go back as well if if need be. Um, Jed is going to be the key to that defence because he's had a wonderful year. He's certainly a potential All Australian this year, Neville Jedder. Um, and I feel like if he can go to someone like Wingard or Robbie and shut them out, that's going to be big trouble for us because um, he shut up, shut out a lot of very good players this year. Um, and he's got the the pace. Mm, mm, mm. He's got the smarts to go with both Wingard and uh, and Robbie when they play out forward. Yeah, look, certainly as for the defenders, like he's probably the main concern. Um, realistically, um, he would. Yeah, he's a counter attacker, but he's not amazing. Um, he's you know he's their he's, he's their best one. Probably do a bit as well. He's all right, but he, I don't think he's the weapon. Yeah, like he's not the sort of guy that you go, "Oh, he's so good, we've got to put a tag on him" or something like that. Ridiculous. I wouldn't he's put a just, tag on him, but they do look a, for him a lot. He's just coming, a, coming out the back. Yeah, um, he's a he's consistent. He's consistent and he's reliable, but I don't I don't feel he's hugely damaging compared yeah. to some of the guys doing that role in different teams. Um, but Neville Jetta, absolutely. What's, what's yeah, amazing he's been really is Hibbard's good. only taken only laid nine tackles this year, Michael Hibbard. Which is pretty poor yeah, for a defender. Right? <laughs> That's pretty it's bad for a defender. He's playing the he's playing the Peter Burgoyne in defence role. Absolutely, he um, absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. And then you have got Christian Salem, who I have no is, respect for uh, that role. <laughs> nah, Christian Salem's turned himself into a really good player in the last sort of eighteen months or so. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's very very damaging. He's very damaging with the ball, and that's something that we've really got to look out for as well. I kind of feel like. 
Salem has been on a slow build certainly since I started watching Demons probably three or yeah two and a bit years ago. He, he was even then he was showing stuff. He just wasn't doing it consistently. He wasn't doing it in a side that was well supported. So yeah. see that that's um, where you know, I feel like better when the midfield's competent. Again, this is a concern for me because we know that our defensive pressure up forward has been a real key to our side this year. We we force the opposition into mistakes and we love coming up against teams that don't use the ball well when they come out of defence. Yeah. And I feel like that's yeah. something that Melbourne do exceptionally well. Like Hibbard's a good bowl user. Jaden Hunt's a good bowl user. Salem's a good bowl user. Uh, Lewis, when he plays back down there, is a, is a pretty good bowl user as well. So they've got guys, and, and Jeddah as well, they've got a lot of guys that can use and use the ball and hit targets. And that's something that we've not really come up against a hell of a lot this year. Um, so again, it's going to be like, we're, we're just going to have to be switched on all day. Because like, if we're not, we're going to get yeah. an Eston type result out there. Um, so hopefully um, they understand what what's at stake this week. Yeah, look, I mean, it's really going to be about just making sure they stay close to a man as much as possible. Maybe don't sign off quite as much as we have against other opponents, um, really. Um, yeah, now, moving on to the game in general. Um, first of all, the coach. Uh, it's, I think this is our first time against Simon Goodwin, obviously. Um, I would usually say there's no reason why we should be concerned about a coach who's in this first season, but the reality is he's coaching a team of himself, Macca. Petraka is right up there as a Simon Goodwin type, realistically. Um, maybe a bit more classy, but, you know, Clayton Oliver, absolutely a Simon Goodwin type. Mm. Um, so does that play into, you know, a coaching strength, perhaps? I don't know. It's uh, interesting. Oh, I feel like Melbourne no. have beat a lot of... They're almost in the same boat as us, in that you can almost half say, well, who have they beaten? Sort of. Well, they beat Adelaide um, in Adelaide, didn't they? They did, yet yeah, when Adelaide sort of <laughs> shat their pants a bit. And that, that's probably the only one, to be honest. Yeah, but so, we didn't do it. <laughs> well, that's true. We'll do it in West a couple of weeks. In Western Australia. Mm. Yeah, all right. Well, look, I mean, they've, they've got a couple I, of wins against top eight I don't think, realistically. I feel like this is going to be a straightforward game where we're going to know pretty early if we're going to be in trouble. I don't think it's the sort of game where we're going to be five goals up and then Goodwin makes a bunch of changes and suddenly we're going to be in trouble sort of thing. So in that yeah, aspect, I think that, no, I don't think we should be concerned. I think that it, depending on how thoroughly you watch the game, like because it's going to be a heavy midfield game, midfield games can have really big swings of momentum, so that might throw a lot of people off. But I think you're right. Um, if you look at how the team's effort is and you know the system and that sort of thing, then I think you'll be able to tell if, you, if you're looking fairly closely um, early on. Mm. Um, as for psychological advantage, it's up for contention, Macca. Like we're higher on the ladder. We've won all of our games at MCG this year, and they've only won 37.5% of theirs. Mm. Uh, I don't know. We should have a psychological advantage, theoretically, but it's their home game. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think it's 50-50 for the, uh, for the psych test, this one. Yeah. I think it's going to be 50-50, because they're going to go in super confident. Um, hopefully, we go in super confident, because I feel like if we go in confident, we're going to win. Um, if we go in a little bit sort of uneasy, then uh, then we're not... Absolutely. Um, yeah, all right. Well, look, we, we, we're a little bit late to the segment. Let's get into it. Questions from Big Footy Maker. Questions from Peck. How many Norm Smith medals will Sam Gray need to win before Rick will stop hating? One. One? I'm going to say seven. One. Mm. No, he'll, after one, he'll be fine. He'll seven in a board. row. And then he'll jump on board, I think. Uh, Andre has okay. asked, uh, will Porsche be happier with a close port win or the Demons being flogged? Oh, flogging, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That would be great. 
Uh, Boss351 <clears throat> has asked, when is Porsche making her big footy return? Anytime soon. Next. Okay. Uh, James Murray has asked, is Paddy Ryder having a better year than Max Gone was at the same time last year? Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't know. I say no. Oh, they're different kind of guys. Like for me, the fact that we can throw Paddy out forward for a bit, and he might take a mark and kick a goal. Uh, I don't know. Like, but but for a pure ruckman, like a pure like I run with the midfield ruckman, I think Gorn's probably better at this time last year. Yeah, I feel yeah, not not by much, but just a little bit in front of what Paddy's doing this year. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hammer eight has asked: uh, Should you or should you not refrigerate tomato sauce? No. Why would you do that? Nah, I feel like it's better in the cupboard. Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, like I've never. Have you ever heard of anyone having tomato sauce that's gone off? Like, have no. you ever heard of that? No. No, I've never heard of that at all, ever. So there you go. I don't. I don't think it's in there for um for sort of. Keepsake. I think it's more. Do you prefer the uh, the chill factor of tomato sauce on hot food? No, because I like hot food. <laughs> yeah, and that ta- and that <laughs> takes the hot away from the food. Why would you do that? Yeah, that's fair. That's it's fair. not like it's not like a bit of crisp lettuce or something. Like it's it's deliberately going to go directly on the hottest part of the food and then take all the heat out of it. So yeah. no. Look, unlike chocolate, sauce definitely stays uh, in the cupboard. In the pantry, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're putting a real hierarchy here, aren't we? Ah, yes. Yes, we are. Uh, Simba has asked, uh, what were you doing 10 minutes before the podcast? Uh, watching Brain Games on Netflix. Um, it's really good. Do it. Okay. I was uh, watching Alanis Morissette videos on uh, YouTube. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> Oh, it was great. Oh, dear. Mm. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Good one, Mecca. Great time good to work. be alive. Uh, Interstater <laughs> has asked a few questions here. Um, can Ooh. Momfrey's break into the AFL side uh, this year? I wouldn't think so. We're, we've done that a couple of times. Not with no but... injuries. No. Nah. No. Nah. If our injury list stays around where it always, no, he won't. But if we suddenly have a nasty spat, then maybe. Uh, should each player in the side spend one day each in a semaphore fish and chip shop deep frying and chatting with the locals? Yes. So long as it's the right semaphore fish and chip shop and that's Sotos fish and chip shop, then yes. Yes, they should. They also have to be really prepared for Macca telling you exactly how to do what they're doing. So yeah. yeah. Good, good discipline testing. That's it. Uh, should a sparkling red be put in the fridge to chill during winter or should it be drunk at room temperature to enhance the flavour? Not much of a wine drinker, but I would have thought room temperature. Oh, sparkling. I, I feel you want to chill it, not heaps. You don't want it super cold, but yeah, I feel like you want to chill it a bit. Um, Depends on your winter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I would be putting it in the fridge probably 40 minutes before you want to drink it. Um, so it's mm-hmm. not like super, super cold, but it's uh, it's cold enough. Would you put ice in? <laughs> Depends. My, my mother-in-law puts ice in every glass of wine she ever drinks. Red, table oh, wine, everything. Doesn't matter. My dad does that. And he, my dad does that and he does it with really good wines too. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right. Yep. What's the next one? That's what it. That's the questions. 
All right. Well, very good. Very good. Let's move on then to the final wrap. Um, yep. We've been talking big time all, all night, Macca. Um, this is the crunch. This is where it comes down to. Who's the winning side? What's the margin? And who's Port's highest goal kicker? <sighs> I'm going to say I, I had a lot of trouble with this today. Um, I've been going back and forth time and time again. I've probably changed. There's been more lead changes in this game than there will be on the weekend, that's for sure. Um, and I've come to the conclusion <laughs> it's going to be Melbourne by 23 points, and Robbie's going to kick four goals. Piss off. Wow, really, Maka? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. That doesn't even seem like your honest, pessimistic tip. No, it is. Okay, it make is. the case. Because you, ha- you, you haven't made the case. You haven't made the case why Melbourne's going to win. Haven't make I? it now. I, I thought yeah, I've done I, it pretty I, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about their tall forwards. I think their tall forwards uh, could do a lot of damage if we get the if we get the defensive structures wrong. I think Garlic could do a lot of damage. I'm incredibly concerned about their midfield and their inside midfield because whenever we've come up against um, big clearance winning midfields in the past, we've struggled. Um, and I'm also concerned in how we're going to deal with uh, their quality ball use coming out of the defensive fifty. So I think I've made all those points throughout this podcast. Okay, they didn't sound they didn't sound as Melbourne going to win by twenty three points as, as you just made it. So, well, anyway. well that's, uh, a, that's a close twenty three points. That's not a Melbourne up by a sixty and then we kick the last four goals of the game twenty three points. I think it's going to be a really close game. I just think that Melbourne on their home ground, um, and this is going to be a different Melbourne from, from what uh, we've seen. In uh, in recent time, and this is the sort of game that they're probably going to win this time. I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong. Um, as I said, I, I sort of changed my mind. I reckon I've changed my mind about forty times today on who's going to win this game, and I just feel like they're just going to have the edge. I'm going to say Port by twenty. Who was your okay. goal kicker? Who was your highest goal kicker? For Port? Uh, Robbie with four. Yeah, I'm just going to go Dixon with four because okay. um, I, I, I don't feel – unless they take Tom McDonald back, they haven't got a match up. And if they take Tom McDonald back, we're going to win. So, hooray. Yep. Um, and fear factor, which Port player should Melbourne be the most concerned about? Hamish Hartlett. Really? Yes. Yep. Because look, he's, he's been in great form the last few weeks. Um, he has. I think he he's has. turned his season around after the Essendon debacle. Um, and I feel like he's our barometer um, at the moment, not just at the moment, but certainly this year as well. And I think um, they will need to put someone on him to stop his influence this week because I feel like he's the sort of player that's really going to win us this game. Like if he can have a, an impact across that half-back line, um, hit those targets going up the field, if he can do a good defensive job on someone like um, either Hunt or Petraka or someone like that, He's going to be a super, super dangerous player. And we've seen that in the last two weeks. Um, just how dangerous he can be uh, when he puts his mind to it and when he plays that sort of physical game that you know we've really been craving from him since 2014. And now that he's back in that form, um, yeah, I, I feel like he's the sort of player that they're going to really need to put some time and effort into stopping. Look, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um for me, it's going to be – it should be Charlie Dixon, but I'm just going to say Jared Pollock um, because I, I just feel like his quality of disposal and setting up is probably going to be really important for us um, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. uh, and which Melbourne player yeah, well, should, should we well. be the most concerned about? Look, those, those outside runners are really going to 
win us the game. If, if we can get the ball to Polek and Impey and White, um, it means that our inside midfield's doing their job. And um, as I said before, I, I don't. I feel like they don't have the players that can sort of stop those outside runners. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Um, we've had a quiet rebellion on Spreaker chat. Um, we've got a few people <laughs> saying that the, 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 the D's have said that. Um, oh, sorry, Ryan said that the D's uh, battle terribly post their Northern Territory trip, and Nick Teal has said the same. Um, which look, I mean, yeah, that, that's <clears throat> true. Yeah, Nick, Nick Teal um, has said that, that they five always wins this week that didn't go to the NT. Yeah. They they always fare horribly after NT. Well, they've fared horribly pretty much every game for the last fifteen years. So th- <laughs> there's that as well. Um, this is a bit of a different Melbourne. I feel like they're a bit more, they're a bit better. And as we said, as you just said seconds ago, like they've brought in five players, five of their best players um, who didn't play mm-hmm. and do the trip last week. So. Yeah, I, I don't think... Look, if we win this week, I don't think it's going to be any sort of NT hangover from Melbourne. It's because we deserve to win and we played better footy. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and Melbourne player, who should we be concerned about? Uh, Jack Watts. Because he's uh, he's been okay. really big okay. in all of their wins this year. Uh, he's been one of their best players. Um, and he's got that sort of endurance, that hard-running... As we said, like before, we debated for about fifteen minutes on who we should play on him. So, for me, I think um, mm. if we can stop him from having any impact, uh, I feel like we're going to go a long way to win this game. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, for me, yeah, I agree with Ryan Pillow, who's just said it. He's beat me to the post. Uh, it's Clayton Oliver. It's got to be Clayton yep. Oliver. Um, yep. You know, if he if he gets legitimately on top, then we're going to find it fairly tough. I think so. Um... Yeah. I guess we'll see. Hopefully we've got enough guys that'll you know, knock him about that might diminish his effectiveness. Um, you know, we've got guys we've got a couple of willing guys on the side now. Um I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I reckon this might be the sort of game where we see a bit of a punch up at quarter time or half time. <laughs> Who knows? Um, what I wanna I see both... What I wanna yeah. see is us limit Clayton Oliver to under twenty disposals for the first time this year. I don't care about that, but I want to limit his disp- his clearances to less than four. That's more important to me. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm and happy to probably, go with that. That'll probably well. be the same thing. Realistically, it'll, it'll, it'll probably it'll... go hand in hand. If he has under twenty, he's probably going to have less than four clearances <laughs> than, as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unless he's you know well, yeah. Let's hope. Mm. Um, and you quite achieve a macker. Who's going to put in the game of the highest standard for Port that may not wear the crowd? I really don't know this week. To be honest, I'm going to say Cleary. I'm going to probably say Cleary, who will take Watts. Um, and keep you know what I'm going to say? You're going to I'm say, going to say Justin Westhoff. Justin, big Westhoff. Yep. yep. Why Justin? I think Justin Westhoff. Because you're just talking about how Jack Watts is going to be all over the ground and doing all these excellent things. And I just feel like, you know, if you're talking about a type of player, like we've talked about it for years, that, you know, Jack Watts is kind of a Westhoff type. Mm-hmm. Um, but Westhoff's the original. And um, I don't know, maybe Westhoff. Maybe Westhoff's certainly been running all around the ground. Yeah, he's exactly. He is the OG. So I reckon that we might see Westhoff not necessarily negating, but certainly going up against Watts a reasonable amount. I would say the OG um, laconic plonker Westhoff. Yeah, so I, I like it. I reckon he might have a good well, the, one. I reckon he might have a good one. I'd... I hope so. And again, like who do they put on Westhoff? Well, I don't, I don't they know. They don't really have. 
a perfect matchup for him, to be honest. If Oscar McDonald was good, he'd be a good matchup. He's not, so that, that solves that. Yeah, well, they, they might still do that. They might, I don't know. But if McDonald goes to Westhoff, I don't know who they play on Trengove. Unless they put someone like no. Hibbert on Trengove and try and sort of um, force Trengove to, uh, or f- try and get Hibbard to run off Trengove and force Trengove to play a bit more defensive sort of thing. But I don't know. Nah, look, I mean, I, feel, I still feel like their defence is there, is their Achilles heel. But we've got to get yeah. there. So that's the thing. Um. Yeah. And just last thing, Mac, are there any games you're looking forward to apart from this one? Lots. Yeah? Lots yep. and lots? Lots. Lots. Go on. Give me lots. a couple. Oh, Brisbane and Carlton, for sure. Um, match of the round. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who's going to win that game on a, uh, a late Sunday afternoon and uh, whether Brisbane get more than about 2,000 people at the ground, uh, which I would think is probably doubtful. Um <laughs> But no, look. Obviously, tomorrow night is oh, uh, tomorrow night. Adelaide, Geelong. Um, that's yeah. a ripper. That's a ripper. That's, Important uh, for us. Yeah. It is. Yep. Sodos is going to be very quiet tomorrow night. I feel with that uh, that game on, unfortunately. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's obviously going to be huge. Um, I almost want the Crows to win that, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's do, do you get where thing, I'm coming from? Um, well, I, I just want the Crows I to do. keep winning. <laughs> At this point in time, yeah. It, when you when you've decided that the, the the person on top of the ladder is unassailable in the regular season, then they might as well just keep winning because it's yeah. advantageous to you. So if, if they can beat we Geelong, knock off Geelong, but we can't knock off the Crows by this time. Yeah, if they beat Geelong, um, if they beat Essendon, if they beat Sydney uh, and West Coast, like well, I just want them mm. to keep winning because if they if they keep winning. And we keep winning. We're going to finish probably top three, I reckon. So, I don't know. Maybe. As much as I really don't want them to win, um, I'm going to grit my teeth and say, I hope the Crows probably win this one. Yeah, and look, I mean, there's also, we talked about the dream final. There's always the possibility that um, if they're at the top of the ladder and we're fourth, we get a game at Footy Park in the first round, which... Footy Park? That's not bad. There we go. Oh, Footy Park. Um, mm. Come on, Brain. Oh, you can tell. Oh, yes. Just, podcast, what, just what we you? want. A, uh, $500 million Adelaide Oval. Let's play finals at Footy Park. Yes. Without seats. Everyone can Honestly, stand I'd like they to. did That'd in 1976. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Well, that's a good question for you. Do you think we'd be more likely to be at the current Crow side at Footy Park or at Adelaide Oval? Probably Footy Park. Footy Park, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm on board. I'm totally on board. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, Western look, Bulldogs and Gold Coast is going to be a good game. Um, Sydney and St Kilda yeah, yeah. is going to be a good game. I would expect Sydney to, to That's win That's a very that important one. one. And Richmond mm. and GWS, because GWS have sort of been faltering oh. a bit. Um, yeah. So the question is, can Richmond sort of secure their final spot uh, by beating a uh, free-falling GWS? I don't know, but this is an interesting thing. GWS naming Will Setterfield, who's a guy yeah. I don't really rate. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes on debut. Uh, and yeah. Isaac coming too. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. That's probably one to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know. It affects us in some small degree, depending. I guess we'll see. There was someone else that was debuting this week that I, that I really liked last year. I'm just trying to find who it was. Uh, Nick Larkey, that's right, for, um, oh, for North Melbourne. 
So that's good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was a big fan of him last year at the TAC Cup, so that'll be good. And uh, looks like Harry Mackay is finally going to debut for Carlton as well up forward. Big 200 centimetre key forward. Ah, good, good, good. Um, Leon Cameron, how are we feeling about him at GWS? Are we feeling threatened by him at the moment? Not really. No. No. You'd have to think. Like, if we if we were playing GWS this week, do you think we'd win? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I think we would. Yep. That's, that's big. Mm. Okay, good. All right, well, we'll come in. I guess we can wrap it up. We've actually gone a bit longer than usual. I guess it's because I know a bit more about the days, so I've been talking about that. Sorry. Well, I think <laughs> it just goes to show you how crucial this game is as well. Like, it's there's, pretty a, there's a lot of big matchups all over the ground this week. Um, so that's probably why we've gone a little bit over time, I think, um, because it's and a, a very a crucial prove, game. Too. And the premiership is on is the it... line. As I said, we win this, we win the flag. Well, because it's setting up a lot of those things that people have been saying all year. Like, you can't beat a top eight side. Um, you know, we've been struggling, like you said, against sides that have got a real, pretty good midfield. We've been struggling against sides that have got a three tall forwards. You know, a lot of things this week that in theory we could say, heart done it, heart done it, heart done it. Um, yeah. And I guess we'll see how we cope with that pressure. Mm. 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 All right. Well, let's be positive. One of us has tipped a win, and it's the right <laughs> one because it was Mecca we'd lose. So we're definitely going to win now. Um, so thank Thank you everyone listening on Spreaker Chat. Thank you everyone listening to the podcast and hopefully you found something useful out of it. Mm. Um, I believe that Rick will be on with Macca on Monday. Uh, so until then, can the power. Can the pair. Step up on the plate, don't <laughs> Every kid in the backyard with the big trees lined up with the footy before mum calls you in for dinner. The shot for goal after the siren to win it. Jared Poulton. Your time has come. Drop punt. Your time has come. What a win.